for for listeners out there that's what trading is about you got to go out on a ledge sometime you got to make a move and that is definitely the one of the best trades i've seen this year is godwin for gordon now it's time for the two-on-one a fantasy football podcast the official podcast of the super friends league bad boy good boy good What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Along with me today, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Can you guys believe that we're almost at the halfway point of the season? It was another crazy week of NFL action. So let's get today's show started with NFL Quick Hits. NFL Quick Hits. Did Andrew Luck walk away from a Super Bowl-caliber team? The Colts already beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, and on Sunday they had an impressive win against our division rivals, the Houston Texans, winning 30-23. Jacoby Brissett was magical, going 26 for 39, 326 yards, and four touchdowns with zero interceptions. The Colts are now the division leaders heading into Week 8. The New Orleans Saints continue to win without Drew Brees, and this past week they were without their dynamic tailback Alvin Kamara. The Saints marched into Soldier Field and defeated the Chicago Bears 36-25. Latavius Murray had a great game, rushing for 119 yards and two touchdowns. The Saints have to be the early Super Bowl favorites right now, besides the Patriots, because they're only going to get better once Drew Brees comes back. There were a couple significant trades this week. Mohamed Sanu was traded to the New England Patriots, and it was just announced today, Wednesday, that Josh Gordon was put on the season-ending IR and will be waived by the team. Also, Emmanuel Sanders was traded to the 49ers as they look to help a lackluster receiver core and go all in on this year. Lastly, on the injury front, Carrion Johnson was placed on the IR with a knee injury and may return at the end of the year, but for fantasy purposes, he's done for the year. And lastly, it's looking more likely that Adam Thielen will not be playing against the Redskins on Thursday night, but has yet to been ruled out. So as always, please, please make sure you're following the podcast Twitter handle at 2on1FFBpodcast.com for all the latest fantasy news and updates. Tommy, what did you guys think of those Saints uh, marching into Soldier Field like that and beating the uh, Chicago Bears? Well, you're right, Steve. I think they're definitely only going to get better, you know, once Drew Brees comes back, which maybe might be this week. And and so, you know, adding him to this already stellar team, yeah, it's going to be deadly. You know, I definitely think they're the front runners in the NFC and, and seeing – the last two weeks, um, how well they've been playing on defense, especially, has been great. And I think, you know, with Kamara banged up, again, another player that could come back and just boost the, the hell out of this team and make them even better than they are right now. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, proved the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now, a position that we make fun of a lot. I mean, just look at the the Chiefs this week. Mahomes goes down, dislocated kneecap, and they have uh, more coming in as their backup. And they're already trying to rush Mahomes back with Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater coming in, going five and zero, giving Drew Brees, you know, smelling this team. I, I remember when Drew Brees went down, people said if Bridgewater just comes in and goes five hundred, it's going to be great for the Saints. He went five and zero. He beat the Bears in Chicago and Seattle in Seattle, quality wins. So, yeah, I might. So my question to you guys is: If Teddy goes to a different team next year with the resume that he put on paper, is he fantasy relevant? I think absolutely. I don't know if he will go to a new team though this year, next year. 
I mean, he had the opportunity to do it this year and decided to stay and it's worked out. It's worked out for him. It's worked out for the team. And so I think he's kind of found a place and a home in new Orleans. And I don't think he's just about the money. So I would not be surprised if we see Teddy back on the team for next year and eventually, you know, just taking over the reins once Drew Brees decides to retire. Yeah, I agree with that, dude. Because I think uh, Drew Brees is only locked in for one more year. I think next year, um, it's going to be hard to keep him. And I know that the Saints are going to give a lot of trade offers for Teddy Bridgewater, but it would be smart having a guy in the Champagne system already for three years, and then it it should be a seamless transition from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater. And you may not have to pay him if you sign him to an extension next year. You know, you get him a little bit cheaper, like the Colts did with Jacoby Brissett. So you get kind of that hometown discount. Right. Yeah, that's a great point, Steve. You know, so with that, like, I think we should take a minute and and congratulate uh, the winner of our first giveaway for the season. We announced it on last week's show uh, that if, you know, you wanted to win a signed Evan Ingram jersey from Pristine Auction, all you had to do was guess how many rushing yards Daniel Jones would have. I think that was a great, great way to do the the giveaway, Dominic. And, you know, he only came away with 35 rushing yards. So we had someone pick it right on the head, hit 35. And that was Ella Papanik, who can be found on Twitter at Checks Matrix. Uh, she's from Massachusetts, but originally from New York. So she's a Giants fan in Pat's territory. And she'll either be wearing or framing this jersey with pride to smack talk everyone in Bastin. So congratulations to Ella. And yeah, uh, enjoy your, your free jersey that should be on its way. Um, you know, but besides that, uh, it wasn't really a great game, unfortunately, for Evan Ingram who was going against Arizona, who gives up the most points to the tight end position. And he only caught one of five targets for only six yards and zero touchdowns. So we were hoping for a much bigger day for Evan Ingram, which made it a good opportunity to do the jersey giveaway. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't really work out. But again, congratulations to Ella and stoked that we could do that and look for the next one coming up sometime later on in the season. Congratulations, Ella, on winning that awesome jersey. Um, now let's uh, move on to fantasy football talk. Fantasy, fantasy. All right, guys, this week uh, I want to start talking about kind of what we've been doing with the last podcast, talking about a certain team. And this week we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks a little bit, especially I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, three players, Russell Wilson, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Carson. But mainly Russell Wilson right now, he's definitely having an MVP year. And if you were lucky enough to draft him in this year's draft for fantasy football, I think he could be a league winner for a lot of people. I mean, he's having an absolutely ridiculous year. What do you think, Tommy? I mean, he's overall the highest ranked player in fantasy football, the highest point total. And I don't think anyone expected that. I don't think anyone thought Russell Wilson would be putting up these type of numbers this year. He's already thrown for 1,945 yards. Uh, I believe that's the fifth most in the league. Uh, with 15 touchdowns and only one interception. And I think that's the most impressive stat uh, that he has right now. He's only thrown one interception. And, and yeah, I think it's an MVP yeah. season. He's still running the ball effectively, not a ton of yards, but three yeah. touchdowns. And he's not, you know, he's not getting hit. And yeah, I agree with you, Steve. Russell Wilson for MVP right now for sure. Yeah, it's crazy too, because he's only rushed for 178 yards. And I mean, that's a lot, but it's not crazy amount it's not like when cam newton had his mvp year and was leading fantasy like he's actually doing it a lot with the you know passing the ball which is impressive to me especially after last year where he was he was he had a lot of touchdowns so he was efficient in that in that way but he wasn't throwing he didn't have very many attempts yeah so this year they're actually letting him um throw the ball a bit more and 
Yeah, man, I think he's like the mo- the best underrated quarterback. And I know we talk about him a lot, but I still don't think that we appreciate how good this guy is. Yeah. Um, and now flipping over to the running back, Chris Carson, I'll maybe get your thoughts on it, Dominic, on him and the, the rest of his season projections because I know you own him in our, in our home league. So um, what do you think about his projection for the rest of the year? Yeah, if you remember back, I think week two and three, he had back-to-back fumbles and uh, it got a little dicey there in the beginning. So kudos to all the owners that held on to him and didn't sell, uh, you know, hit the panic button on him. He seems to be one of the most consistent, you know, every down back. I mean, ProSize comes in every now and again and spells him, and but uh, he seems to be catching balls and rushing the ball 20 to 30 times a game and scoring a touchdown here and there. I think everyone's pretty high on Carson and Penny's going to come back and take a little more touches from him, but I think he's a pretty solid RB2, if not fringing on RB1 uh, on a lot of teams. So really happy with his production. I think I got him in the third or fourth round. I can't remember. Uh, and then you talked about the last guy uh, I'm, I'm really happy about because we all know we're pretty high on him coming into the season as Lockett. I mean, the yeah. dude is just a Swiss Army knife. He can stretch the defense out. He can run underneath routes when you need possessions. He can do a little bit of everything. He's on pace to have a th- over a thousand yards this year and and pr- right around twelve touchdowns, which is right where we projected him. But the thing is, I think he has him and Russell Wilson have the highest completion percentage uh, when targeted in the NFL because the dude yeah. just they just have a chemistry together. I don't know if you saw that touchdown pass where Wilson just kind of threw it up into the right of the end zone and lock it. It was a br- busted play and he kind of just broke off and he knew where it was going to be and so did Wilson, but no one else did. And that's the chemistry that they have. I think I see. I think I've seen that play like three times this year already with Lockett. It's crazy, and uh, for some reason Lockett all he does is score touchdowns. It's insane. And that was, you know, we were worried about that last year was that he was a little touchdown dependent. You know, and could he continue yeah. uh, that success with with a lot more yards, a lot more targets? And and yeah, I remember Dom just being all over Tyler Lockett last year. Definitely put him on my radar for this year. I think we fought over him in a couple of leagues that we were in for fantasy drafts. You know, the, trying to not take you know who's going to get Tyler Lockett first. You know, and and shout out to uh, Fancy Rookie Camp for being on Chris Carson from day one. You know, and they're they're a podcast that doesn't get a lot of, a lot of love that they definitely deserve, but they've always been on Carson Watch. And so I just want to give a shout out to those guys uh, from San Diego, so another Southern California podcast out there. But but yeah, when you see these guys that we had such high hopes for uh, last season, you know, and going into this season to see them do so well, it, it just looks great. You know. Yeah, you got that veteran presence too with Russell Wilson. He's been there and done it before versus like a Jimmy Garoppolo maybe with the 49ers. Right. Uh, but just to wrap this up too, uh, next uh, four teams that the Seattle Seahawks are playing in, uh, are the Arizona defense, which is really bad. Tampa Bay, another bad secondary. <laughs> they, then they play at San Francisco. Going to be a tough matchup. And then after that, they get a bye and then at Philadelphia. So uh, three out of four of the next games against really weak uh, secondary. So Russell Wilson should continue. Uh, in this path of MVP status, I, I expect Russell Wilson to uh, continue those numbers. And if you guys have a man, put make sure you put your Seahawks in, man, because they're they're gonna have some good games coming up. All right, guys, good stuff there. Let's why don't we move on to fantasy studs for Week Seven? Hey, stud. All right, Dominic, start us off this week. Yeah, um, my stud this week is Darren Waller for the you know our Raiders. Last week he had eight targets, caught seven of those passes for 126 yards and and two touchdowns. I got a little bit of trivia for both of you guys. Do you know what round he was drafted in our league? He was not drafted. 12th? 
Correct. Correct. It was a trick question. He was not drafted. Ah, yeah. He was the second person picked up on waivers. Oh, and wow. does any do you guys know who the first person was? Picked up off Tom? waivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh god! Shit. And I feel like I did it. Oh, there's been like I don't know fifty waiver claims I'll just, made already. I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. It was Mark Andrews. Oh, nice. So you took Mark Andrews Damn, two, good two minutes before your brother picked up Darren Waller. Oh so my God. question is, do you do you regret not taking Darren Waller? Mark Andrews has been nice, but Darren Waller, I think, is the number one tight end right now. Do I regret it? Yeah, uh, especially being a Raider <laughs> fan, uh, especially. Gosh, you know, and I think that Andrews pickup was more and, and it's not i want to say believing the hype it's not because it's not overhyped but it was believing the hype of twitter that was so high on him and it's definitely worked out yeah. multiple weeks yeah. andrew's been great he was the number one at one point but you know i i think this year i really tried in a lot of ways to not be a homer uh and not go for you know just raiders but yeah yeah i wish i would have had darren waller he, he'd be nice Steve, think back. Like we were all high on Waller from from Hard Knocks. Why didn't we draft him? Like we were high, but just not that high I, enough. Like because it, the the Hard Knocks curse, man. It's because it's like you, you you see these players on Hard Knocks and they make them look so good, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's awesome. And then they go to the season, and you're like, nah, it wasn't that good. But the guy is legitimately really good, man. I'm really happy for him. He got his extension too, so I hope he keeps that clean life that he's living right now. And all the best of luck to him, man. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to talk about. The, well, the Raiders and the Niners, but we talked about Darren Waller on the True North Fantasy Football podcast this week that came out this week uh, with our buddies from Canada. And it's crazy to see what he's been doing. But then again, like we look back at Jared Cook's year last year and how well Jared Cook did. And he's Jared Cook, I think at that time, even with such a great year that he had, still was under 900 yards receiving. And Waller's on pace for like 1,200. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know why, like you're saying, Dom, like, why did we believe it? I don't know. I don't know why we, no one, none of us we're, drafted him, especially, but he's killing it. Yeah. We all believe great. now. Yep. Definitely believers. Who was your stud this week, Tommy? My stud for week seven was Marvin Jones. Went off 43 PPR points in fantasy. Uh, caught 10 of 13 targets for 93 yards and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns the second overall scorer for the week in all of fantasy. Uh, I, I ended up starting them in a couple leagues where they had a deep bench or it was dynasty or I not doing that well. So I traded for him recently and it was great. You know, he, he went off, he did what a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people weren't thinking he was going to do and he had a hell of a game. And I, I'd be surprised if he has another one like that, but at least he had one. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I, he has a talent. He just needs more, uh, more volume. I think because he's a great receiver. I mean, well, he's, he's yeah, crazy. thirteen targets. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's that, what he needs exactly. <laughs> you know, he needs targets. He needs volume. And Matthew Stafford is just ripping it. And it was against the Vikings defense too. It's right. not like a uh, like a cupcake defense. It's not against the Dolphins or something. Right. You know, he was torching Xavier Howard. I don't know if you guys saw the last touchdown. I think he had. Uh, in the end zone and Xavier Howard just got so pissed. He got off the field, threw his helmet down, like his mouthpiece. He was just getting dominated, man. It was nice to see. It was crazy. Crazy day. And then, and to have that kind of production with still under 100 yards receiving, I know, you know, Insane. so he's just, it's making it work and, and Stafford's killing it. I mean, I, I think Dom, you know, it's, if you haven't picked him up yet, you know, you should really consider picking up Matthew Stafford. <laughs> 
Stop that, bro. Stop that. Oh, man. I already did. In our Steve, who's your said? <laughs> My said this week is uh, the New England defense, man. Um, they are killing it. Right now, they're ranked ninth as the ninth fantasy player in Yahoo League, in our Yahoo League. Um, they had, uh, let me get the stats up here. It was just another, I mean, it was so bad for uh, Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football that, you know, the NFL caught him saying that he's been, he's seeing ghosts out there. Not Now the Jets are all pissed that uh, they said that, but pull it up right here what they did their stats for the week against the jets was a sack four interceptions two fumble recoveries a safety and zero points allowed uh and once again ranked ninth in all of all fantasy football uh, football players right now it's crazy i mean that's the best defense i that i can remember i mean even better than the bears last year easily especially in the touchdown department they're scoring a ton of touchdowns and in, in a multitude of ways so uh, people are saying though that they're playing a bunch of ca- uh, cupcake offenses and and uh, you know not really played anyone yet, but I mean still this kind of dominance, man. I mean you don't see this at all in this in this day and age, especially in the NFL right now. You know, and this consistently, you know, they're yeah. they're a team that you now want to be wary of, of starting players against them, and it's like yeah. it doesn't sure. matter who it is, like you might as well sit them if don't they're playing the past. Yep, exactly, exactly. A lot of people are crediting it to. You know, they lost Patricia. They lost their D coordinator last year as well. So Belichick's kind of taken back over the defense, put his yeah. hands on it, his detail, his eye. You know, he's not leaving it up to a coordinator. I think his son is, you know, a co-coordinator, something like that. Helps him out. But, Bel- you know, Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, is putting his hands on the defense, and I think they're reaping the benefit. That and having the best cornerback in football doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think that's Definitely. absolutely right, Dominic. I mean, that was great to see him. I think they were up at that time, I don't know, by like 20 or 30 points, and they're killing the Jets, you know, and he's over there with the entire defense, and he has them all huddled on the sideline, and he's talking to them intensely, you know, and they're all listening, and no one's breaking eye contact. And even though they're up by that much, he's still getting on them, you know, and he's still making sure they're doing the right thing. And I think you're right, Dom. I think that's definitely the key to their success this year is Bill Belichick because he's the best coach out there. Definitely. All right, now on the other side of it, why don't you give us, uh, let's talk fantasy duds. <laughs> you got the dud! Tommy, why don't you start us off this week? So my dud of this week should have had a nice week, and he's one of the top three tight ends. Uh, not the performing top three, but the top three coming into this season, and that's Zach Ertz with only yeah. five PPR points and wow. off uh, two catches off of five targets for only 38 yards and zero touchdowns. And and again, why this should have been a much better day for him is because Dallas gives up the six most fantasy points to the tight end position. Zach Ertz also has an 80% snap share last week, averaging 86% on the year. So he's in the game, and he's getting opportunities, and he leads the team in targets with 59. So it made no sense, but the last two weeks for Zach Ertz has been really bad. And... And I was like trying to look into it, like what's going on besides Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz really hasn't been performing. You know, is it that? But but Philly is 15th in passing attempts per game. So they are passing the ball. You know, they're like right there in the middle. But they're 21st in yards per pass attempt and for pass play percentage called. You know, so they're not really throwing the ball that much. You know, and, and completion percentage is that they're at 27th with just under 61%. So when they are throwing the ball, they're not really throwing, they're not catching them as much. And we, I mean, part of that is definitely Nelson Aguilar. We saw his little T-Rex arms not reaching out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I think that all of it is definitely reflecting on Zach Ertz's lack of fantasy production this year. 
definitely. Uh, I, go ahead and talk. I will comment just because I know, yeah, just that I know uh, Goder, Dallas Goder had a good game. He had, I think, four catches for like 60 yards and a touchdown. So the yeah. Cowboys did give up production to the tight end when you add in Ertz's catch. It's just, like you said, Tommy, that something's not right with that that team. They seem to be better with uh, Foles at quarterback uh, when just, you know, stretching it out a little bit, opening it up. So maybe that's what they need to do. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents on why Ertz and – the funny thing is I have him as my sit of the week this week because it doesn't get any easier. Who's your dud uh, for week seven, Tom? My dud is the uh, Yang to Tommy's studs. Uh, I got Kenny Galladay <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> uh, two targets, 21 yards for three fantasy points. This is the second time he's on my list. And the thing that scares me, I mean, he usually has a big bounce back game, so I'm expecting a big one this week, but – what scares me is the Lions just traded their starting safety away and they're looking at their division and seeing the Packers at, you know, one loss and the the Bears, you know, with only two or three losses. And so they're I think they're already like, you know, we're not going to make it to the playoffs. Let's start rebuilding for next year. So that always hurts fantasy production. They put Kyrion Johnson on IR. So the Lions are starting to scare me a little bit in fantasy. That's that's my only concern. Who's your dad, Steve? Um, I got Melvin Gordon. Um, especially uh, after last week, he was saying how he needed to get in rhythm, more more uh, opportunities. Well, uh, he had 16 rushing attempts for only 32 yards, uh, three targets for two receptions for minus three yards, saved his fantasy day with a receiving touchdown, though. And he, the worst of all is he had that fumble loss uh, on the one-yard line on the goal line for the go-ahead touchdown. So he's just not right, man. I think Eckler at this point in fantasy is probably a better choice than Melvin because uh, that offensive line is not blocking for anybody. And, you know, Melvin Gordon really relies on the offensive line blocking a little bit better. Eckler, you get at least a production from the passing game. And, I mean, it's pretty sad, man. You know, for somebody that you thought was going to come back and, and save some people's season, uh, he's having a terrible year so far. This is like what people worried was going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You know, they thought like, oh, he's going to sit out. He's going to be bad. And like, no, Le'Veon's going to be Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be great. But that, but now it's Melvin Gordon. Like, what the hell's going on? Is it lack of rhythm? The team overall not doing well because they're not really doing that great, or is it like he lost something by sitting out and, and missing out on all of uh, all of uh, preseason, all of training camp? You know, Don, we talk about preseason all the time. Like, does it really matter? And like, at least for getting fit and getting at game speed and game shape, you know, it definitely helps. So, like, I don't know. What do you think it is, Steve? Like that that Gordon's not getting. I mean, the Le'Veon Bell would be the best. You know, obviously, we never got to see him play. He sat the whole year, and maybe Melvin would have been better off for his uh, payday to not have played, but I know he wanted to because of free agency. I think he's just hurting his stock now, but I honestly think it's twofold. I think it's one is, to your point, he's right, the rhythm. Even though the running backs don't really play in preseason, they still have, like, inter-squad scrimmages. Uh, they play against other teams that come in and, and, and scrimmage with him. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And also, you know, maybe there's something to say. I mean, we've all played in football and, you know, we've always had that guy that comes in like maybe halfway through the season or something, thinks he's like a stud and is going to take over when then the other guy's been busting his ass, playing hard, and and you kind of block a little bit harder for that guy versus the other guy. You know what I mean? Because the other guy thinks he's bigger than the team. So I'm not saying they're professional and this happens all the time and they talk about it, but it's still a team sport. They're still human beings and they have emotions. And I think that's a little bit to do with it. That's a great, I, I great think, point, though. I mean, about the offensive line, like they 
they do that though sometimes, right? Like we played offensive line, like yeah. you definitely have an issue with the guy that's not showing up to practice all the time. Yeah. Everyone else is busting their ass and you're just chilling. See, I think it's more on Melvin Gordon's side. I think he came back because he wants to get his game checks for this year. He wants to say all the right things, look good for his free agency, but he already gave up on the Chargers. That's what I told Jeff, you know, when he when he traded for him back three weeks ago. I don't think he's going to come back and be very fantasy relevant. I thought maybe injury, you know, oh, something lingering like a concussion or a back injury, and then just go into free agency, say you're healthy, and go get his paycheck. That's what I personally believe, but we'll never know. Oh, the man. on the field, though, is not good. That, nope. that, totally, that totally reminds me, Dominic. So, Steve, at the time, you were so mad yep. that you traded away Melvin Gordon because they announced yeah. he was coming back, like, the next the day. The next day, in the morning. Are you still upset? Are you still nah, upset? I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> Although I will say I didn't think Godwin was I knew Godwin was good. I didn't think he was gonna be this good. Dude. But but there's still half the year left. So you know, we don't know. It might even out a little bit. Uh, was that the trade? Was it seen. Gordon for Godwin straight up? No, it was Pretty, Gordon. Much. It was Gordon and Gallman for like Rob like the it was uh, Robinson uh Robinson from the Kansas City Chiefs and Gallman from the Jet Giants. Which Goldman did help him out that week, but that week, uh, yeah. yeah, those guys—they've both been dropped off our team. So it was basically Gordon for Godwin. Jeez, traded the season. Out. But at the time, I was zero and two, you know, so I was kind of desperate. Versus now, I'm like four and two. So see, but that's for for listeners out there. That's what trading is about. Sometimes you got to like go out there and you just you got to go out on a ledge. Sometimes you got to make a move. Steve made the move at the right time when he was zero and two, and that is. Definitely the one of the best trades I've seen this year is Godwin for Gordon and and it's working out. So like don't be afraid to make those trades sometimes. It's gonna work out sometimes. And and you never know, but you never know if you don't try. You gotta take your shot. Definitely. All right, guys. That was great stuff there. Now it's time for my word from our sponsor. All right, guys, it's time for free nuggets now. Uh, we're gonna start off this uh segment with who we think we should start, who's our best start for week eight. And Tommy, go ahead and start us off, bud. My start for week eight, coming back from his bye week. He's got some rest, got his foot held up, eating some Pizza Hut pizza with his face on it, is Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster. Playing oh, against yeah. Miami on Monday Night Football with Mason Rudolph coming back because he's clear concussion protocol and made his way back to 2019, all the way back for the 1930s. And, and it's a great <laughs> matchup. <laughs> Miami gives up the 12th most points to the wide receiver position. And that they're actually getting a little bit better. That They used to give up the most. So good for Miami. But it's still a juicy matchup at home in Pittsburgh. Like I said, coming off the bye week. So things are looking great for Juju this week. Starting with confidence. And yeah, I think it's going to do well. Free nuggets. All right. My start of the week this week is um, still available in some leagues. Uh, John Brown from the Buffalo Bills against the Philadelphia Eagles. John Brown has only not gotten double-digit fantasy points in one game this year. The Eagles defense has allowed uh, nine touchdowns to the receivers uh, that are outside. Uh, so I think that uh, Brown has a really good chance to at least score a touchdown. I, I'm looking for a stat line, maybe like five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. So definitely start John Brown this week in your flex. Free nuggets. Yeah, my start of the week. I'm sorry to say this 
as a Raiders fan, but Deshaun Watson. I mean, mm. after seeing what Aaron Rodgers did to the Raiders secondary last week, that was bad. How could you not uh, yeah. think Start of the week. Deshaun Watson's good? They didn't they didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey's. They're gonna be the same team that faced Aaron Rodgers in the secondary. I still hope <sighs> the Raiders win in a shootout, but uh I think Deshaun Washington easily is responsible for three TDs. I hope that the Raiders just pick on Garyon Conley all day if the Texans decide <laughs> to start him. Because what kind of craziness yeah, is that what, to that's, trade that's true, your starting bro. cornerback to the team you're playing next? That's crazy. That's that means best, like either, that's, that's where cards go all day. That's what exactly they're like. This guy's so either you scrub, know his weakness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You must really think really low of him if you do that, because that is borderline disrespectful, man. That's crazy. Are, are we just paying attention more or are there more trades in the NFL? Like I remember growing up there being very little trade yeah. after the season started. It's like right. dynasty and football. And it seems like it's rampant now. Yeah, like, oh, I love it. I'll, I'll trade you Gary on a starting cornerback for a third round pick next year. All right, cool. You know, it's like it's literally dynasty football trades. Like whatever, like oh, it's not working out with this guy. Like let's move him right now and ship him for some assets. And did you see what the Patriots? gave up for Sanu versus what um, the 49ers gave up for Sanders like the values are so like I yeah I wish but I had Sanders no like, it was I second they okay, they, first they, round for Sanu no no second round pick for Sanu and then for the Denver Broncos they shipped Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth round pick for a third and fourth but Sanders only is uh, he's on the last year of his contract so basically they like rented the player but for he, they, he's like 10 games so they gave a third and a fourth for 10 games basically for Emmanuel Sanders, unless they can get an extension from him, but still got to pay him. And he's kind of old. I mean, so you still think yeah. you still think Sanu's worth the second round? Oh hell no! Uh, yeah, I I think he's a. I mean, for that team, I mean, because you got to think where the second round is. No. It's going to be like the sixty fourth pick. No, you know what, what it did was. Amari Cooper, what did what did not sorry not Amari Cooper, but what did uh, Antonio Brown go for? I think it was that like third, third and fifth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to. And Sanu's worth the second. Like, no, I just, it, this is it, what it, it is. It's he's. So imagine you're you're seven and zero in your dynasty league, right? And you've accumulated yeah, some picks, and yeah. you're just trying to yeah. get some depth. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I want that player. He's good. Too. I, I don't care. I don't I care what the market says. I'm gonna give you a second for him. Yeah, because you want the guy to say instant, instant, well, instant uh, smash accept. If they're gonna do apparently it. though, that there was a lot of people interested in Sanu, and they were getting a lot of offers. So the Patriots didn't want to mess around. They said, it's, okay, we'll just yeah. give you a second. So smash. I think they just really, really wanted him. And that's why they gave him the second. And, and you know, how good are the pay- Patriots at bending the rules with this Josh Gordon IR, and then they're gonna negotiate him. like cutting him, like yeah, so he can play for someone else. They're they're so good at that. How good are they at the rules? They freaking uh, ran a yeah. minute off the clock against the Jets without yeah. doing anything. Like that's amazing. Oh, yeah, like a <laughs> jumping off sides. Jumping hey, off sides. and they could have totally kept that to, to wait till like they were winning by like three maybe, yeah. and then they had to punt the ball like in a, in a close game. The fact that they ended up doing it there, I was kind of shocked. I, th- I thought they would maybe keep that in their back pocket for a uh, a, a better situation. Um, What's all right, Tommy? I'm going to change the rule, will it? No, they can't during the season. No, they yeah. can't. And Bill knows that. And he even mentioned it in his press conference. Like, oh, they it's should change it, but it's open now, so we're going to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, just trolling yeah. people at this point. I love Bill this That's year. Awesome. All right, Tommy, give us your uh, sit of the week. Sit down. Sit down. My sit of the week is 
the yin to Steve's yang or yeah, what was that? <laughs> yeah, yin yang. I think he said yin yang. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's Devin Singletary for the Buffalo Bills because if there's one thing the Eagles do well, that is stopping the run. So they give up the fourth least amount of points to the running back position, and it as as much as I I love Devin Singletary, especially for dynasty for long term, and I think that offense is really good. I think he's the guy that can really do something in that backfield. Last week wasn't that great, surprisingly, and this week's not really looking better. So I just, you know, just get get on the bench, buddy, and just hang out. You know, get someone else in there in your flex, hopefully, and don't worry about him this week. Free nuggets. Dominic, who's your sit of the week? So my sit of the week is Zach Ertz, which hurts me to say because he's the only tight end I have worth playing on my team this week. But he's going against Buffalo, and uh, they only give up 2.8 receptions to tight ends this season. And with uh, Godert's big week that we talked about before, he could get one of those two receptions. And I would have to say, if you have any other options, start start someone else at tight end. Free nuggets. All right, my set of the week this week is uh, Baker Mayfield. He's playing against the New England Patriots. And as we discussed earlier, we're sitting everybody that is playing the New England Patriots. Obviously, Baker, people are thinking they're probably still hope, having hope and, oh, he's off a bye, he had time to prepare and blah, blah. No, don't play him. Sit him. There's a lot more options. Go with Kirk Cousins. Go with uh, Josh Allen. Um, you could even go like a Matthew Stafford, like Tommy was saying. Plenty of other options out there. So do not start Baker this week. Maybe wrong, but you know the, the stats don't lie. Yeah, don't do it. Free nuggets. Because I, you know, everyone's thinking about it. <laughs> All right, you guys got some good streamers for these guys, some free nuggets. I'll start off if you guys want. I got a good one yeah. this week. I'm going to go ahead, with uh, a tight end position. It's kind of been uh, volatile. I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he's had, he had a good week last week. He's a good option against the Chiefs who are allowing an average of nearly seven catches to tight end, so about 13 points per game uh, this year. So, And I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to kind of click a little bit better. I mean, they had a good week last week. So I think Jimmy Graham, especially in a position where it's in fantasy that it's kind of volatile and it's hard to, you know, find somebody for maybe for Ertz. If you have Ertz, if you could pick up Jimmy Graham, if he's not picked up already, uh, definitely got a good option, especially in DFS, I think, too. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's a great play this week going against Kansas City. He's currently at $4,500 on DraftKings, so not a bad value there. Free nuggets. Yeah, so my streamer of the week, if you could look up his value, I don't care what it is if it's the highest. Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos. He's been targeted 40 times in the last three weeks, and they face a Colts defense who gives up the fifth highest of receivers in fantasy. And And then you add on top Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers, I think he's going to eat. I think he's going to get 16 targets in this game. So he's my start of the week. Free nuggets. Yeah, $5,300 in DraftKings right now. So not bad. So I like that with, with Jimmy Graham, Cortland Sutton, and then my uh, DFS start of the week is Kenny Stills, who had a very nice day filling in for Will Fuller. And he's only at $4,700 on DraftKings. But yeah, with, with, with Fuller out, defenses are going to keep keying in on D-Hop. And, you know, could be pretty good for Stills, you know, to, he could be in the prime position for some fantasy production. And when he did enter the game last week, his snapshot was at like 94%. So 
yeah, they, they're going to use him. And I think he is a better receiver than Kiki Kuti. And with those, like I said, with those three players, you definitely can start your lineup with some nice low value guys that will that have great matchups and will definitely outperform their salary. Free nuggets. All right, uh, Tommy. So would that be your uh, best waiver wire pickup for this week? Add me, add me. Would you like to add me as a friend? Yeah, if Kenny Stills is out there, I definitely yeah. think that's a great one this week. You know, a lot of a lot of people were were high on Ty Johnson for this week. He was definitely the mm-hmm. hot pickup of the week. Um, but besides Kenny Stills and and Ty. You know, I, I would say don't discount the potential of uh, J.D. McKissick also for the Lions. He caught a ton of passes in college. And, you know, especially with Matt Patricia there, I think we may see a Pats, a Patriots-style backfield type situation with with Ty Johnson playing the Sony Michelle role and J.D. possibly playing the James White role. And so, you know, I think both those guys were backups for a reason. So I don't think just one's going to step in and automatically be the bell cow and get the lion's share of the, the snap share. Um, so I think... J.D. McKissick could get some nice opportunities in the passing game. Free nuggets. Who's your uh, best waiver wire pickup this week, Dom? Yeah, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, the other tight end for the Eagles, Dallas Goder. Uh, he had a touchdown last week. He's a beast of a man, and if Ertz goes down, he's going to be the fill-in number one. Get a lot of target share, so I look. I give him a look, especially with the buys coming up and a lot of tight ends. Would you consider sitting Ertz and playing Godert for any reason? That's that's a tough one to swallow. You have to get real lucky like last week. It's, I mean, worth a gamble. But if you're in that situation, I would say just pick them up. Hopefully they both score or Ertz goes down. But, uh, you know, Kelsey's buys coming up, guys like that. I would definitely take a look at it. Free nuggets. Uh, my pick of this week uh, is Corey Davis. He's still only 54% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Um, and I think with the Ryan Tannehill a change, I think it's an upgrade over Mariota. Uh, he had a great game last week against a good Chargers secondary, seven targets for six receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. So um, I think Corey Davis, if he's still, like I said, 54% owned right now in Yahoo Leagues, I think that's a great pickup. And his schedule for the rest of the year it looks pretty nice. So I think uh, if Tannehill keeps playing well, that's a great pickup. Free nuggets. And some people hate Corey Davis, but like you said, oh, he's Steve, so talented, man, so talented. But I think oh, you're right so with with, Ta- with Tannehill back there. It's it's opened up the potential a lot more than with Marcus. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they just they just he needs he needs targets, and that's what he wasn't getting. And you know, Mariota loved throwing to Delaney Walker and and the, or running the ball. And now hopefully with Tannehill, maybe he gets a little more. I mean, AJ Brown had a great game too. That's another good pickup if yeah. you want to maybe in a deeper league. So free nuggets. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Tennessee Titans offense starts playing a little bit better. Well, and Delaney Walker, too, was a little binged up and might mm-hmm. not play this week. And we saw Johnny Smith uh, definitely yep. gets uh, those targets last week, too. So, um, you know, possibly another waiver wire watch, if not a pickup, especially in deep leagues where you need some tight end help. Free nuggets. All right. That's good free nuggets this week. Now let's move on to some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, first game of the week, we have first place Noble Savages versus seventh place The Godfather. Right now, The Godfather is projected to win 130 to 121. Tommy, why don't you start us off this week, bud? Well, looking at it just off top, um, Godfather rolling with Kirk Cousins this week, Thursday night football game. 
Uh, Kirk Cousins does terrible on Thursday night football and Monday night football. Prime time, baby. Yeah, prime and time. And it is against Washington. Uh, you know, not a great uh, passing defense, and it's his old team. But he does not do good. Ooh, but revenge game. Yeah. So you know the opportunities there. Um, but I think you know with the rest of his guys, if um, with Keenan Allen going against Chicago, Evan Ingram's a wild card now. And, you know the best thing he got he has going from is, is Saquon Barkley, and so. You know, at first glance, I want to go for Godfather um, because I think there's certain aspects of Noble Savage's team that are a little suspect, mostly his receiving core. And he's rolling with Royce Freeman this week in his second running back spot. But, you know, with, with all those matchups that Godfather's going against, I, I don't like it. So I'm going to go Noble Savages this week. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough for uh, Noble Savages this week, man. He's got a lot of buys. He's got a Zeke on by, Ingram on by, Lamar Jackson. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Godfather this week, even though um, you had some really good points right now. But Chicago's defense doesn't scare me like they used to anymore. So I think Keelan could have a good game. Um, and then uh, Robert Woods against Cincinnati. Uh, Barkley didn't have a great game last week, but it was first week from injury. So I think he kind of steps it up back to that Barkley kind of type of game that we expect from him. And then he's got John Brown starting. So I think the Godfather wins this one, gets back on the right track. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Vince on this one. And I know he, you're right. He does have some tough buys with his two best running backs out. And I think that's why he's been reluctant to trade any of his running backs. I think he was fearing this week, but I really like the matchup. Travis Kelsey. I just feel like even if a backup quarterback's in the game, it's going to help him out. If Mahomes does play, he's going to have to eat a lot. I think, and he needs a big game. So I'm, I'm just going to go with Vince on this one, but I hope it's a low scoring affair. So I can make, make up some points on him. All right, next game we have is stand-up Colin, who's in sixth place, versus Dumpster Fire at eight. Uh, right now, uh, stand-up Colin is projected to win 126 to 122. Dominic, go ahead, bud. Yeah, I got stand-up Colin in this one. Um, I think if Jared Groff is going to have a get-right get game, it's going to be against Cincinnati's terrible team. Um, I really like Marlon Mack. Uh, I traded for him in a couple other leagues. They have the best offensive line in football, and I think they're going to keep feeding him. And then as long as James Conner plays on Monday night, he should be good. Tommy, who do you got? Yeah, I think I'm right there with you uh, with stand-up calling. Um, D-hop against Oakland, it's it's definitely a great matchup on paper. And and you're right about Conner playing against Miami. And I think, uh, you know, the the comeback uh, story of the of the past couple of weeks so far is Hunter Henry coming back from his injury and, and having a nice week last week. So um, he's going against Chicago's defense, but... You know, it still might be pretty good. I think, you know, they don't, they give up a lot of points to the tight end position. So it's not like the rest of their defense. The only thing that could suck is it could be raining in Chicago. And that might change things up a little bit for, for that game. But I still have stand up calling. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I just think that uh, uh, for the points that you guys said, and also um, Dumpster Fire has some tough matchups. Uh, Devontae Freeman against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Philip Lindsay against Indianapolis. Don't sleep on Indianapolis defense, man. They're playing pretty good right now. And then George Kittle against Carolina. I think Carolina is able to focus on him and take him away and have Jimmy G say, hey, beat us on the outside, um, which he hasn't been tested on. So I do like Calvin Ridley against Seattle, though, maybe. Um, but, um, you know, he's going to have to, uh, Dumpster Fire is going to have to have another big game from New England in order to uh, to beat this one. So I'll go with stand up Colin. Hey, real quick on this one uh, Aaron picked up Kareem Hunt on his bench. Do you think it's a good move, or do you think it's too early? Because Chubb still, you know, what, what do you guys think on that? 
I, I mean, mean, only if he gets traded, right? That's I mean, that's right. I mean, if he gets traded or something, or if Chubb gets hurt. I mean, at the best, he's the best, maybe a great handcuff. You know what I mean? And if he has the room to hold him and stash him, it, it could work out. Like I said, uh, yeah. like you said, if he trades him, then he ends up on a new team. Um, that could be good. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not too high on Cream Hunt at all this year, unless something drastically changes for his outlook. All right, guys. Next game we have is the Expendables, who are in ninth place, and Arn Rodgers, who's in tenth. Basically, the toilet bowl this week. Uh, you guys are fighting for <laughs> who is the worst team or who's not the worst team, I guess. Right now, Arn Rodgers is projected to win 125 to 91, uh, but Art is still starting Patrick Mahomes, who is at zero. So we don't know his status. Apparently, he was going to try to practice today. Uh, odds are he's not going to play this week. It'd be really stupid for them to play him this week. So. Um, try to do your best, guys, and see. He has also Drew Brees. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> He's hoping one of those guys comes back this week, right? yeah. holding it out, and and it might work out. Um, if if both of them or one of them comes back, um, his team will definitely look a lot better. I, the the weakest part about Art's team is right in the middle of his lineup: Carlos Hyde, uh, David Montgomery, and Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Graham's a good fill-in, you know, like we talked about earlier. But, you know, to to be rolling with those two guys as you're starting running backs, it's not working. I know he has Nick Chubb, you know, so that's definitely better. But um, against New England. Yeah. So never mind. That's not going to work out for him. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think he rosters three quarterbacks this week? Probably. Yeah. By I Sunday. So, I could see that happening. crazy, dude. God. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and, why you're in ninth place, bro. Free nuggets. <laughs> and we, you know, we talked about Arm Rodri, some of these players that he has, like Tyler Lockett going up, going up against Atlanta. That's a great matchup. Uh, if Alvin, if Alvin Kamara comes back, going against Arizona, that's a great matchup. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders in San Francisco. If um, you know having a better receiver means that they start throwing the ball more, Jimmy G starts taking more shots downfield, or if it's just going to kill his fantasy. Uh, success so far this season because San Francisco doesn't throw the ball because of Jimmy G. So, uh, but even then, uh, I'm still going to go with Arn Roger in this one. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Tommy. Um, I try to throw Art a lifeline in the league. Uh, I try to trade him, you know, a starting quarterback who's actually going to play for sure, Aaron Rodgers, in exchange for Drew Brees. But I wanted uh, Thielen from him, and then I was going to give him back Fitzgerald. So he countered with Cortland Sutton, and I just couldn't give up that much. I didn't want to move from – I would have moved to Terry McLaren, but he didn't want to go. So I'm definitely going to pick Arm Rodri because he's got more guys playing than than Art does. Yeah, I'm going with Arm Rodri too. I just think Art's team is – to what Tommy said, the biggest thing, Carlos Hyde and David Montgomery, why he keeps beating that drum. But um, just based on what the team looks like, Julio's having a bad year. Then they're playing the Seahawks. They're going to focus on him. Tyler Bode against the Rams. Now with Ramsey – more likely, Ram's going to be shadowing him. Yep. So that's going to be a terrible game for him. So, yeah, I, I got Arm Rodri on an easy one this year, this week. All right, guys. Next one we have is uh, fifth place time to eat versus fourth place Christian Minglers. Only three weeks ago, Tommy in ninth place, I believe, or eighth place, and now it's a fourth. So, <coughs> ninth? so a three three win win streak. So, ninth. Or was it ninth? Okay, ninth, ninth place. to seven to fourth. Uh, luckily, our league this year has been kind of uh, close in uh, in in uh, records. You know, it's been a really uh, uh, even year, so which is nice to see. So everyone's drafting really well and doing really well. So um, right now, time to eat is projected to win one thirty nine to one thirty five. But um, uh, Tommy did get CMC back, so hopefully he can score over ninety points this week. 
Um, all right, guys, Dominic, who do you have? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a pretty sweet win. Pew pew, shots fired. Shots fired. Um, I definitely have uh, Matt in this one, and only because he is truly Tommy's nemesis. And I said he was my nemesis last week, and he beat me. And sure enough, I think he's going to do the same thing to Tommy. I don't know how it's going to happen, Tommy. You'll probably score, you know, one seventy, but you'll lose, you know, to Matt for scoring one ninety or something, something crazy like that. It's going to be a weird week. Um, like we said, I really like Eckler against Chicago's linebackers. I think he's going to have a lot of receptions. I think that's the only way to really attack Chicago. And then uh, Aaron Jones versus Kansas City is could be a potentially huge game for Aaron Jones. Maybe another two, three touchdown game. Who do you got, Steve? Yeah, man, I think I'm gonna have to go with time to eat too. So um, I just like his matchups a little bit better. Although he's got CMC, I mean, that's Tommy's definitely best uh, player, and I think San Francisco is gonna try to go out there and send a message. I like Josh Jacobs though against Houston. Uh, Mike Evans against Tennessee, tough matchup, and same thing with Tyreek Hill. So. I just like the matchups a little better. Time to eat. He's got a good roster this week. Um, and if Le'Veon Bell, which I think is a wild card, have a good game in Jacksonville, I think uh, he he wins this week. So, And, Tommy, I'm, I'm sure you have yourself, but who do you have, bud? Well, you guys are absolutely right. The matchups are terrible on my side, and yeah. it definitely uh, is a lot better uh, for time to eat. I like his matchups a lot better. My Definitely the one uh, wild card in this situation, I think my tight end's going to be outperforming him way more because uh, TJ Hawkinson hasn't been doing that great this season going against the Giants who give the fourth fewest fantasy points to the tight end position. But that's about it. Everything else is pretty lopsided, but I'm still picking myself because, like, of course I'm going to pick myself. And I think <laughs> we're going to have a nice nice bounce back week. And it was the only time this entire season I was under 100 points. Everything else has been much higher. So I think we go right back to that. And uh, That was I, if, a bad week. That was your bad week, and normally people, when they score that, usually lose. So the fact that you got a win there, that was pretty huge. Whoop! Because everyone has a, a game like that. You just happened to play Art, who scored seventy four points, which hey. is ridiculous. Hey, hey it doesn't matter. Fantasy win is a fantasy win. Fantasy hey, is about luck. If Matt, okay. If Matt Ryan plays, are you still going to start Stafford? No, absolutely not. If Matt Ryan plays, well, let's see. Let's look at the matchup. I don't know. Seattle man. Stafford against the I'd Giants. I play Matt Stafford, man. Yeah, I'll probably play Stafford. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's at home like too. It. Yeah. I'll yeah, play way Stafford. better game, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about Stafford. That's my guy, Dom. Don't curse him for him. All right, guys. Now the He's match of the week. The match of the week. The rivalry game. Number three, Mexicans versus second, uh, second ranked. I said Watson. Right now, Mexicans is projected to win one forty-one to one thirty-six. Obviously, Devontae Adams, we still don't know if he's playing, and his projections keep going down daily, so we will not know if he's playing yet. But uh, pretty excited about this one. Tommy, go ahead. Start us off. Yeah, let me let me get some, uh, some time with this one because it's a YouTube <laughs> in the host bowl. And, ooh, you know, just off top of my head, right off the bat, uh, I think the matchups are definitely better for Mexicans. And and his receiving core is phenomenal. Devontae Adams is not going to play. Todd Gurley sucks this year. And Zach Ertz is my hit of the week. So I got to go Mexicans. I mean, it just, it, it's looking better uh, all around uh, for the Mexicans. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some good pieces on I said Watson's team for sure. Deshaun Watson, Jacksonville's defense, uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, if he can, get those targets back from Marvin Jones after last week. 
but it's it's Mexicans because Sony Michelle had a great week last week, and I think that's going to continue, especially playing up against Cleveland, gives up a lot of points to the running back position, and the game script is going to work out really well because I think New England's going to be up because they're going to be shutting down the the Browns and they're just going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go with myself as well. Although I do am nervous about his running backs. I think his running backs could really carry his team this week. And then Deshaun Watson, the same thing. I could easily see Deshaun Watson having, you know, 40-point game and then Chris Carson against a weak Atlanta team. And I know Todd really hasn't had a great year, but they're playing the Bengals. So that's a get-right game uh, for them, especially at home. Or, yeah, at home, it looks like. So, yeah, I'm going to go with myself, but I think it's going to be a clo- I think it's gonna be a lot closer than we think. Yeah, the thing that scares me the most is Steve's been consistently putting up the most highest points, you know, on average. So, yeah, I think he has 100 more than everyone in the league. So I'm going to have to score a lot of points to beat him. But I'm taking myself. I think Court and Sutton, like I said, is going to have a monster game in Indy. And uh, I think Watson's going to hopefully double up. You're, you know, put, starting Allen. Who knows what you're going to get if he's going to, you know, have 80 yards rushing or if he's just going to manage the game and win, you know, 17-7 or something yeah. like that. So I got to pick myself, but I got to put up some points to beat you. I don't think I'm going to beat you putting up 120 I, like, I do like Corlin Sutton, man. I could see him having like 13 targets this week, especially with Sanders being gone. So that's definitely going to be – yeah, it's going to be an interesting but, but week, so uh, we're really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the true, projected man. matchups right now, it's like really close, like all within like 10 points of each other. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good and, uh, It's been a great year. It's been a great year. Um, with the standings and I mean, no one's really a clear cut, um, you know, favorite to win it this year. I think everyone still has a chance, even like dumpster fires team who's been playing really good the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I think everyone uh, is doing really well. So keep it up guys. All right, guys, that does it for this week's show. Uh, make sure you rate and review the show before logging off and shout out from the top of the mountain on the two on one crew is helping you win the fantasy league. Uh, and remember, you can always hit up us, hit us up at the uh, pod's Twitter handle at two on one FFB podcast for all your waiver wire trades and start sick questions. And you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at FB Savant seventy seventy five, and I'm at Timo fifty two underscore, and I'm at East Mode twenty four. All right, good luck this week in fantasy, guys. Boop boop. Uh, that Bad boy good. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. Bad boy good.